Hi friends, jumping on before the start of the episode to ask for your help. Since I started this podcast four years ago, I have been dreaming of a place for us to gather, a place where we can practice some of the things that are shared here on the podcast, a place where you and I can meet gaze to gaze, heart to heart, and a place where we can share our experiences of enriching our lives through the wisdom of the body and expanding our pleasure through the wonder of the senses. I would love to hear your voice and your vision in writing this next chapter of Come to Your Senses. Go to schoolofsensualliving.com slash survey to contribute your ideas, give your feedback on which topics you burn with the most passion to hear about, and let's create a beautiful sanctuary together. Schoolofsensualliving.com slash survey. I will see you there. Hello, and welcome to the Come to Your Senses podcast. I'm your host, embodiment-based coach, Mary Lofgren. Here, we explore how to live bravely and beautifully through a lifestyle of embodiment. You'll hear gems to empower you around mindset, mindfulness, somatic psychology, and neuroscience, as well as beauty, food, style, and the art of slow living to meet your soul through the senses. I am so happy that you're here. Let's begin. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the podcast. Welcome to episode 51. (laughs) We missed episode 50. But we are celebrating today. It's our golden anniversary plus one. I am so grateful and so thrilled to have you. If this is your 51st episode or your first episode, welcome. And thank you so much for supporting this podcast. If you are a regular listener, you may be able to sense a bit of huskiness in my voice. I'm recovering from a cold And so in this final installment in a four-chapter series on reimagining pleasure, we have the addition of a sensory element of a more seductive tone. So I hope you enjoy it as much as I do. And today's topic is all about how to love and cherish your body particularly in this tender time of being, quote, post-pandemic. I don't know that we're exactly post, but here we are. And recently I did a survey on Instagram of what you would most like to take a class on with me. And there was a common resounding response about being more at home in the body that you have today, which feels different than the body you may have had two years ago, which makes sense because the body is a thing of nature and it is always evolving and always shifting. And this is such a profound and an important question. You know, I've been traveling around kind of sensing into different places in the United States and what feels like home for the woman that I am today. And 
that has been really informative and great and cool in many ways, but it's also been really just destabilizing to not have a home and a regular space to be in. And when I think about the metaphor of that with the body, when there is a separation between you and the body as home or you and the body as your most sacred companion, it affects every single area of your life. And so in today's episode, we are going to talk about some of the ways to create shifts on the inside with how you think about your body and how you might feel about your body as it is today. And also some ways to support and love your body the way you might love anything else or anyone else, which is with pleasurable tributes and gestures of love. And today's episode is significant, not just because it's our golden 50th, 51st, but because this week is the final week to save $1,000 on the Embodied Intelligence Coaching Experience. And that's particularly relevant today because when there is a disconnection to the body and a separation between yourself and the body, there is also a severing or a block to accessing your full system of intelligence. The wisdom of the mind is only one aspect of your full creative potential. And so if you feel tired of being trapped in your head and disconnected from your body, or if you know that there is a deeper truth and clarity and depth of intuition that exists inside of you, but you feel like your life is too full and too robotic to actually sense into it, or if you simply want to just move about the world and move about your life as a fully embodied, sensual, sensory, present, engaged being, head to schoolofsensualliving.com slash coaching. You can also find a link in the show notes of this episode. This is the final week to save $1,000 before we close enrollment for the program next week. And there are only a few spots left. So I would love to hear more about your vision and your desires for creating a lifestyle of embodiment and meet with you voice to voice. So loving the body during any change. When I read between the lines of that experience, you know, whether it's post-pandemic or post some sort of health challenge or any of the other changes that the soft animal of our body goes through over time, what I really hear is how can I feel more at home in myself as I am? And how can I let go of judgments and criticism and ideas 
that are distracting me from being present in my life. And so I'm going to share some of the things that really help me come back to myself and come back to my inherent beauty and radiance when I'm feeling a disconnect or an intolerance of my body as it is. As with everything on this podcast, I really encourage you to hold it up against the experience of your own life because the relationship to the body is so deeply personal. And a great place to start is whenever we talk about love, a really well-known concept about love is the five love languages, the ways in which we show and demonstrate and express love as well as receive love. And so the five love languages are words of appreciation, acts of service, physical touch, quality time, and my personal favorite, gifts. It really depends on the relationship, but physical touch and gifts are definitely my love languages. And when it pertains to the body, you know, any love relationship will benefit from some intentional intimacy. And so a place to begin is by asking yourself, what is my body's primary love language? How does my body know that it's being loved and cherished and honored as it is? And one of the ways to utilize words of appreciation is by widening the aperture through which you see your beauty. So there's this scene in the movie Frida where Frida is young and She's accompanying Diego Rivera to a party and his ex-wife is there and Diego is surrounded by a court of women and, you know, Diego's got a big belly and is short and is older and is not typically what one might associate with the archetype of a Casanova in that setting and his ex-wife Lupe says to Frida, incredible, they are like clay in his hands. And Frida says, it must be that body, jokingly. And Lupe says, no, it's the way he looks at you and finds beauty in all your imperfections. And that movie really impacted me. I remember I saw it back in probably 2002 when it came out in theaters five times. There is this little art house movie theater across the street from the spa where I was working. And every day after work, I would go across the street and I would just eat the film with my eyes, you know. So if you haven't seen it, I highly recommend checking it out. And that film, along with a lot of other influences, including the burlesque experience and the burlesque scene in New York City helped me to widen the aperture of beauty inside of myself beyond what I would call learned beauty to the true nature of beauty. And I always like to use the example of tights here. So I remember being a little kid and 
I loved to hang upside down on the jungle gym and tromp around the fields. I grew up on a horse farm in the middle of upstate New York. And I would tromp around the fields in bare feet, and my feet were dirty all the time. And we would go to church on Sundays. And someone somewhere decided that a little girl's legs with scratches and bruises and dirt from tromping around the alfalfa field was unbeautiful. And they invented these things called tights. I remember wearing the tights and feeling so itchy and uncomfortable. And so learned beauty would be the covering of the legs. And don't get me wrong, I love a silk stocking. But learned beauty would be the covering of the natural beauty of what was happening in my body. Whereas true beauty is the beauty that is emanating from what is and what is most alive. And one of my core rituals, I used to teach this on my retreats in Italy, is called Naked Body Worship Ritual. And it's a ritual of sitting in front of the mirror, naked. And mirrors are this funny thing. Can you imagine before mirrors became popularized, what it must have been like to go through your whole life and then all of a sudden one day see yourself in the mirror for the first time. Mirrors are these sacred portals that when used transactionally, it's like their secret magical powers to reflect and illuminate the truth of your beauty become turned inward and all of a sudden the mirror becomes this tool for criticism and self-obsession. And so naked body worship ritual is a ritual of reclaiming the magic of the mirror. And how I do this ritual is I lay a soft blanket in front of a mirror propped up against a wall. And I really set the place for pleasure. So in order to have a loving beauty-filled experience of one's reflection in the mirror. You know, standing underneath the fluorescent lights at TJ Maxx is probably not going to elicit the most loving, affirming response. Whereas if you set the place for love through candlelight and through beautiful music and through warm, fragrant oil and a plush blanket... And you don't even have to start with nudity or your body. You can begin by simply sitting in front of the mirror, getting really close up to it and gazing into your own eyes, or perhaps taking your fingertips across your decollete or observing the gentle curve at the small of your back. And this is useful on many levels, but one of them is giving yourself the opportunity to see yourself through the eyes of beauty rather than through that transactional memorization of seeing yourself in an everyday mirror through the eyes of quote-unquote flaws. And a really important part of this ritual 
is every time I do this ritual, I end it by journaling about everything that I enjoyed and liked about my reflection in the mirror. And this is not meant to be a denial of reality or a repression of some of the feelings and thoughts, but simply a collecting of the jewels and the gems of appreciation and naming them and putting them on paper, realizing or making real the experiences that you just had because the negativity bias brain will most likely always remember the more negative parts of an experience. And by writing down the jewels and gems of appreciation, you can actually begin to shift and to change the experience you have of seeing your own reflection in the mirror by reminding your brain that there is goodness there, even if it's just one little pearl or one little gem. And so that one ritual kind of encompasses a lot of different love languages, physical touch, words of appreciation, quality time. And quality time is one that in the experience of the pandemic may have been neglected in your practice of how you relate to your body. And I want to affirm that that is totally normal. And during a time of unprecedented uncertainty and change and stress is a really, really common response is to disconnect from the body. And a concept that really helps me understand why sometimes if I've had a long period of neglect around quality time with my body, I feel such an aversion to it, an aversion to going back and making changes and caring for myself in a different way, is the concept of inertia. An object in motion will stay in motion unless it meets an object of equal and opposite force, which is a very fancy and scientific way of saying the more out of practice you get, the harder it is to get back to whatever that practice is because it's all about homeostasis and momentum, right? When our resting state is, let's say you've meditated for 30 days in a row or 90 days in a row, or you take a walk every single day after lunch or whatever it is, and you develop this resting state within the body, the body is going to begin to crave that because that is its known state of homeostasis. Whereas if it's been two years since you've exercised or moved your body, it is going to feel Herculean to even begin to have a movement practice again. And so for some people, doing some drastic, massive change, like going on a totally new nutrition plan and hiring a trainer and working out three days a week creates enough equal and opposite force, you know, so if you've been in a state of not doing anything for a long period of time, that equal and opposite force might be you do something really rigorous for a period of time in order to jumpstart you back into that resting state of action. And that works for me sometimes. But what it can also do 
is be way too much change too fast. And this is where we get the phrase two steps forward, one step back, or maybe it's the opposite, one step forward, two steps back. Regardless, it's this idea that if we go into a state of expansion, because the body and the mind can only handle so much change at once, there will be an inevitable contraction. And so perhaps in addition to the extreme makeover approach, what you may want to try is smaller ways of bringing quality time, whether that's through movement or meditation or body worship or cooking delicious, nourishing meals for yourself, whatever it is, setting the goal to do smaller amounts more consistently may be a sweeter and gentler approach to reintroduce yourself to providing your body with cherishing, nurturing care through quality time. And the final jewel is a little bit of a free pass that sometimes I think it's really normal and really okay to not have rainbows bursting out of your eyeballs with how you feel about your body. And this might be a controversial embodiment coach opinion, but I was talking about this with my friend Julie over lunch the other day about how when I scroll through Pinterest, as I was doing the other day, it just seemed like every other thing that I saw was some barking command about how I need to love myself. And I remember being a teenager and obsessing over that wafy, very rail-thin kind of body type that was popularized in the 90s. And now it's like I find myself feeling guilty and obsessed for any fleck of a self-deprecating belief. And I said to Julie, like, can I just hate myself in peace? And I want to just offer this as a final jewel that I find that the relationship with ourselves is like a marriage we cannot leave. There is no break in the relationship that you have with yourself. If you are married and your spouse and you are getting on each other's nerves, maybe you go into a separate room. Maybe you even book yourself into a hotel for the night to have a little bit of space. But in your relationship with yourself, it is all intimacy all the time. And it can be common to hold that relationship up to a microscope. And what I like to tell myself sometimes is 40 to 60%. If I can say that 60% of the time I'm sending myself good thoughts, I'm taking actions that demonstrate a loving attitude Even if I don't want to, I'm acting as if I love myself, I love my body, I have worth and value as I am as a human, my body is precious. If I'm running on that tape 40 to 60% of the time, I am doing outstanding. And then when these negative thoughts or feelings about the body come up, I don't have to take them so personally. And I don't have to jump in and correct every negative belief that I have. 
It's almost like I can love myself in the act of not loving myself, if that makes sense. And so, my loves, those are your gems and jewels for this week. I pray that they create a bit more spaciousness and a bit more delight in how you relate to the sacred vessel of your body. And reminder that this week is the final week to save $1,000 on the Embodied Intelligence Coaching Experience. And I will say that if relating to your body differently, not just in how you think and how you feel, but also in how you act and how you make decisions and how you include your body in the totality of your life as this home for your being and the interpreter for your being, head to schoolofsensualliving.com slash coaching. Thank you so much for listening. Always a delight to dance between your eardrums, and I will see you in the next episode. 